Foremothers, the origins of women's religious life. In this series of talks, what I'd like to do is introduce you to the history of women religious in the United States. There's a great fascination with nuns, and rightly so. Sisters are central to what makes the Catholic Church distinctive. Yes, there are sisters or nuns in other traditions, but they're most numerous in and characteristic of Catholicism. What's more, sisters are, if anything, more central to the life of the Catholic Church in the United States than in other parts of the world, including Europe. As we shall see, sisters have outnumbered priests in the U.S. since almost the beginning of the nation's history. Thus, these women actually have been the majority of those engaged in full-time Catholic ministry in America, something not characteristic of Europe for most of its history. To a great extent, then, when we think about what the Catholic Church in the U.S. is all about, we're thinking about the contributions of sisters. Where would it be without the parochial school system, the hundreds of hospitals, the other institutions of charity and social welfare that sisters have founded and staffed over the past two centuries. These institutions, these ministries, have transformed not only the lives of millions of Catholics, but also the social and humanitarian character of the nation itself. The year 2009 marks the bicentennial of the founding of the first community of apostolic, that is, uncloistered and non-contemplative, sisters within the boundaries of the United States. That was St. Elizabeth Ann Bailey Seton's Sisters of Charity. There were already some sisters in the United States by then, cloistered Carmelites in Maryland and an embryonic group of Visitandines in the District of Columbia. And when the Louisiana Purchase was concluded in 1803, it brought into the nation's territory a congregation of French-speaking Ursulines who had been in New Orleans since 1727. But 2009 in some way marks the beginning of indigenously American religious life for women, so it's not a bad time to make an effort to tell their story. The talks you're about to hear cannot in any way pretend to be exhaustive. The story of sisters is too extensive and too rich to be contained within a single series of talks like this. Nor is it an attempt to tell the truth about American sisters. This is a story from one historian's perspective and represents at best a truth. Many forms of women's religious dedication consecration, and ministry can be traced back to the very beginnings of Christianity. Jesus was radically open to the spiritual gifts and the potential of women, as evidenced in his relationships not only with his friends, such as Mary and Martha, but also with women who were regarded as outcasts by society at large. The Canaanite woman, the woman at the well, the woman given in adultery. In each of these women, Jesus recognized tremendous spiritual possibility, and they, in turn, responded to Jesus with generosity and devotion to his ministry, and in their service to the community called church that emerged from his incarnation. Scholarly research by a wide range of experts in archaeology, theology, hermeneutics, 
scripture, and history in recent years has uncovered a rich and diverse tradition of dedication by Christian women. Some, like the Canadian researcher Margot King, for instance, have suggested that a majority of the so-called desert fathers may, in fact, have been desert mothers. Late 20th century excavations in the Roman catacombs, meanwhile, particularly that of Priscilla, have uncovered first century CE paintings of women as conveners and leaders of worship, as well as of those serving as deaconesses, consecrated virgins, and widows. As a historian, I find examples of these early foremothers almost too tempting. But alas, our time is limited, so we probably ought to stick to what we need to know, rather than what it would be nice to know about them. So despite the diversity and extensiveness of women's experience and